Hello and welcome to MindQuest. I am your host, Miquel Morales, and this is Mission Control Center. Hello and welcome one more week to Mission Control Center, your one-stop shop for IT careers and recruitment advice. Mission Control Center is brought to you by MindQuest, Europe's new IT recruitment and career service. This week, we're interviewing SAP and project management expert, John Micali. John is Customer Experience Account Manager at Oxia, a Hitachi Group company delivering leading SAP run management, consulting, and cloud hosting services. Keep listening to learn about his career trajectory and catch a few tips on project management and SAP careers. As always, make sure to visit mindquest.io slash blog for the full interview and other free resources for IT pros. But with a further delay, let's welcome John. Hi, John. Thank you so much for being here with us today, sharing your story. Let's start from the beginning. How did your career in tech start? How did you just start working at Oxia? Uh, I've been using computers and, and playing video games and using technology since I was a kid. When it was time to choose a, like a university, I decided to pick one that specialized in engineering and technology. And uh, I earned my degree in computer engineering. That kind of led me on this track of IT and how I wound up at Oxia. It's kind of a funny story. When I was in school, I was looking, I was looking for a job in my last year and uh, I was doing interviews. Uh, I did an interview with Oxia and I had no idea who they were or what SAP was or what SAP basis was, but they were really compelling and they said that they could teach me. And I actually got a job offer from them, but I still had one semester of schooling left. So I couldn't take the job, but they said, try again in the springtime. And so I applied for the job again in the spring and, uh, and they hired me and I really appreciated that opportunity from them. And what are the advantages of working at a specialist consultancy or service management company like Oxia, as opposed to working in-house for a sole company? Number one, it definitely is diversity in the experience. Having the exposure to different industries, different customers, using different products, you gain a lifetime's worth of experience, multiple lifetimes worth of, of experience and background in just a few years. And I think that was incredible for me and for many of my colleagues working at Oxia, for example. Number two, definitely diversity in projects and technologies. So like touching every kind of operating system version, every kind of database product, uh, every kind of SAP product. You know, many companies, they say, okay, I'm going to use ECC or I'm going to use Linux. And that's it. And that's the decision they made. And maybe every 10 years, they change products and you're stuck with the same thing. And having that diversity, it keeps you sharp. Another thing I would say is clients who typically use SAP are large, very corporate customers. And if you work in that environment, you're automatically included in a very corporate environment. Being part of a smaller company like Oxia, we have a more startup-like vibe. So you kind of get the best of both worlds where you get smaller teams and, and a tighter community and you move more rapidly, but you can still support this product, SAP, which is this huge corporate tool. And what about the challenges? The learning curve is really steep. From my background, for example, I didn't know what SAP was or I didn't have a lot of strength in database technologies. And to take all of that in at once is, is quite a lot. But if you stick with it, uh, you can catch up at some point. But the learning curve is really steep. And the projects don't ever end. That can be a good thing, too. That can be in the good category. It depends on the kind of personality you have. But there's no respite, right? You know, you're working for a big corp, and they have this upgrade project that lasts uh, two years, something, and then that's it for them for a while. Whereas on our side, we're doing a new project every three months, and it hasn't stopped in 10 years for me. <laughs> After two years in a technical position, you transitioned into more of a managerial role. What advice would you give to other specialists looking to take that step? 
being a manager is a job and it's not just an extra task that you have to do. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I see that mistake happen often with new managers. To do it correctly, you have to prioritize that role. It's not just, oh, you happen to approve someone's time off or, or something like this. The investment in training in people is a full job. And if you're mixing this job as a manager with your technical job, for example, it's often a recipe for disaster where one choose priority over another and one of those two will suffer. Internal company relationships are really important too. And I think that's an important part, something to think about as a manager. It's not about being a brown noser or saying nice things to your boss, but management roles are based on trust and execution. You know, there's not a binary output most of the time. And so you have to be a reliable person and you have to make sure that you sharing your reliability and your credibility with your managers and with your team. What are the keys to effective project management? Understanding the project, right? I think that's like number one. It sounds like a silly thing to say, like, of course, but I think often folks come in and they say, okay, here's a project and I'm going to follow a checklist, but really understand why are we doing this project? Normally there's a, a CIO or a CFO at some company has to make some decision and that trickles down eventually to some projects, many projects. And if you're not aware of the big picture, then you might not really understand what kind of impact you're trying to make. And so first, really understand the project. Coordination in project management is incredibly important. It's the synergy, and not just internally with your teams and your company, but with your customer or with their third parties. Every customer now has five, 10 vendors now. And there's an expectation that vendors can work together in this way, that there can be synergies this way, that it's not, uh, you know, there's not a weak link. Keeping commitments, I think, is really important for project management. Everything is essentially a stack of dominoes. And if you miss a target, it's going to affect the whole project. It doesn't build trust and it doesn't build credibility. So if you're making commitments, they have to be realistic and you have to keep those commitments. And everything else falls right into place once you meet that. The deadline to migrate to S4 HANA is rapidly approaching. What do you see as the biggest challenges for a smooth transition? It all starts with a kind of a legacy mindset. Most customers that are on ECC today, they say it's been working this way for 10 years, 15, 20 years. Why do we need to change it? SAP will move the goalposts again. Why do we need to make this transformation? And the web of external interfaces that connect to ECC makes any kind of concept of transformation really challenging for most customers, especially these really legacy customers. S4HANA is designed to solve that problem. It's designed to eliminate the complexity, simplify the code base, simplify the connectivity to it, and kind of future-proof SAP customers from this kind of problem in the future. But making that transformation is still really painful and usually very expensive. The value proposition is really what isn't obvious for most customers. If you can communicate the future state of the company, not what it'll look like in one year or two years after some migration or upgrade, but what it's going to look like in five, 10, 15 years, and how S4HANA, for example, or cloud-based tools can reimagine their supply chain or things like that, I think that's when they have a aha moment. When the customer goes, aha, I see why it's worth making this transformation. It's not about taking your car and just changing the tires. It's about turning it electric. You know, it's a total redesign of the whole concept. What's the best career advice you have ever been given? I would say I had two great career advices. One was to stay humble and have humility with your peers, have humility with your customers. If you're scoring all the time, it feels good to think that you're, you know, you're a champ and everything goes right. But then you're exposing yourself to vulnerabilities or you kind of have blind spots. So stay humble. Wins are wins, which is great. 
but sometimes you need to have an open perspective. And the second best advice I have is be a buoy. What do I mean by that? Like a buoy in the ocean. Sometimes, you know, you want to just be like kind of like a Godzilla and, and knock stuff around and, and shake things up, especially when things aren't going well. But almost all the time, people are looking for stability. They're looking for reliability, accountability. And I've realized over the years that people will flock to you naturally if you're stable, if you're consistent. So be a buoy like uh, in the ocean. Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? I really want to help radically change what customers experience from SAP outsourcing. I know that's like a super bold claim, right? But I think that outsourcing has always had a bad rep. I think generally speaking, a partner can be more empathetic, less transactional. We can be an equal in the organization and be a, a real partner. And I'm seeing with my customers that when they're treated this way, we get a different experience. They treat us like people. They treat us like partners. They even have more flexibility with us, which says a lot, right? They don't have to give us any kind of flexibility, but they do it. So I would really like to make that kind of change. And I really want to help train others in this kind of methodology. I want our industry to be more empathetic and more partner focused in the real sense, not in the corny corporate sense, but in a, in a, real, in a real sense to really make a difference. Because otherwise, what are we doing? You know? Absolutely. Thank you, John. Best of luck. And until next time. And now, this is what happened in technology this week. According to Sonatype's annual State of the Software Supply Chain report, developers think the software production pipeline is in a way better state than it actually is. While respondents demonstrate a good understanding of the software supply chain and believe they are doing a good job, there's a huge disconnect between the practitioner's perceptions and how they operate. This has led to a false sense of security, a lack of scrutiny, and inefficiencies in the engineering process. And moving on to other news, a new report by cloud optimization company Vertana revealed that 82% of UK and US organizations with workloads in the public cloud end up running into unnecessary cloud costs. These are mostly caused by disparate cloud management tools, 72% of respondents are fed up with trying to make them work together, data silos, and a lack of programmatic solutions for cost optimization. And finally, the crypto hype has brought along with it plenty of studies highlighting how detrimental to the planet the mining of bitcoins can be. But these reports have so far been focused on the number of emissions that coin mining adds to the atmosphere. A new study by the Dutch Central Bank and MIT has taken a different approach looking at the lifespan of Bitcoin mining devices and the electronic waste produced by the need to constantly update the hardware. But economists estimates, Bitcoin mining hardware becomes obsolete in just 1.29 years. That results in the whole Bitcoin network producing every year the same amount of e-waste as the Netherlands. Or, in a more visual comparison, a single Bitcoin generates as much waste as throwing away two iPhones. And that's all for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media, we're on LinkedIn at MindQuest Talent, and on Twitter, and mind questing. Thank you for listening, and until next time.